0: You are listening to the Overfunctioning Leadership Podcast, learning leadership concepts through life experience. Welcome, friends, to another podcast brought to you by Of Leadership. I am Alex.
1: I'm John, and I'm Zach. And this is episode forty-five. Which is whose episode, John? Uh, it's before I get to that. I just have to say that I'm back to my role of not leading the podcast. I just couldn't hack being the leader of the podcast (laughs) in our last session, and I reverted back to the previous equilibrium. Uh Nerve. Uh Lost all of his nerve. All nerve. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mr. F. (laughs) For failure. Yes, failure of nerve. Uh, Number 45 was actually a failure in the NFL, but in college he was pretty awesome. Number 45, Archie Griffin. Oh, yeah. Two-time Heisman Trophy Award winner from Uh Ohio State Buckeyes, went on to be a... Mediocre running back for the Bengals, I believe, but nonetheless, he was a great Buckeye. He went to the Bengals. That's probably the reason. Yes, the Bengals.
0: Today, we're going to be talking about Cutoff and Fusion, uh, which are two sides of a separate coin. Um, Actually, I'm going to take the Fusion point. John's gonna take the cutoff point and Zach is as he mentioned earlier before we started this podcast, he's just gonna mix up the anxiety. So I'm
2: just tossing in emotional grenades. I I wanna see what happens. (laughs) I'm hoping for some fusion
0: rather than some cutoff. Oh really? Oh well Yeah. Is this one of those things where I get to win and John will lose? I might walk out, so Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'll try to fuse to you, yet you'll walk out the door. It's gonna be real awkward. We'll just see who drops the mic first. Uh-huh. I think it might include me grabbing your legs and saying, you complete me. How could I live without
1: you? Can I tell a quick story about that? <laughs> of course. Uh, I was sharing with my leadership class and uh I was telling them about uh, in high school, sorry, in college, I had a, a girl I was dating. It's not my current wife, so it was a, someone else. Anyways, she said to me, <laughs> um, I just love being with you. You complete me. And I just wanted to run for the hills. <laughs> I, and I was telling my leadership students that it was almost just not the word it was. I didn't use the word instinctual. It was, I can't remember. Ah, Anyways, it just was really grated on my nerves. What? I can't think of the word. Well,
0: it, I'll, I'll tell you, I have a similar story. When I was in college, I had a girl who literally had her arms around my legs on the ground well, and didn't want me to leave.
1: Wow. Well. So that's, that didn't get this far. <laughs> oh boy. Oh luckily, boy.
0: Luckily I had a squirt
1: bottle and it <laughs> really,
0: <laughs> no, no girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I still do that with Misha today.
1: In response to that story, I was telling my class that, and just telling them about how it just really was bothered me so much. And, and, uh, one of my students raised his hand and said, well, Mr. Moore, maybe you overreacted. Maybe she was just trying to be nice. And I thought about, it. and so here you have a student in a one-down relationship that s- stands up, sort of uh, sitting down, and says, "Maybe you overreacted," which I thought was an interesting way that he could define himself and just offer a different perspective. But I told him he was wrong and told him to sit down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so cut off infusion. Already got a little.
1: Flair flavor for it. You know, a little
0: taster in there a little appetizer as it as it as it is so but before we get to that we do need to recap our last episode which was about homeostasis and so john homeostasis is what and what do we talk about
1: well, we talked about homeostasis being uh, what you're comfortable with. It's what a system is used to. Uh, the synonym is equilibrium, which means at rest. So we defined it. We talked about its application in a couple different settings. And then we gave some ideas of what leaders can do with the knowledge of homeostasis. So if you get a chance, if you're a leader, listen to that to that episode. I think you'd find it valuable.
0: Yeah. Um, so, gentlemen, the structure that we're going to be holding here is we're going to do a fable here. Zach, we're making him do it um, because we can. And then from there, we're going to be talking about cutoff and fusion. I'm going to take the cut or the fusion role. John's going to take the cutoff role, and we'll define it. We'll talk about the systems that we see it in, and then what you can do about it. So that's going to be our a basic structure. So starting from there, um, the fable here is going to be done by Zach. So go ahead and part your hair a new way. It is time for Zach's fable
2: just a side note speaking of parts this this maybe this can be my fable i had a friend and he had long long hair that he used to just pull pull it down the back separate it and just get this nice nice man pony going on and he cut his hair nice and short and for about a month he had a hard part right down the center of his head with short, short hair because of ha- just like how the follicles had changed from that pole. And I, I think that goes to show what homeostasis is right, like. Of it just course, is right. a, yeah, yes, a follicle
1: right, homeostasis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Right into the butt
2: cut. The butt cut, yeah. Just a nice big crack down the center. But uh, back to my fable, you know, we're talking about cutoff infusion. And um, I'll let you guys speak to the, how, how that spectrum sort of relates to this. And I think it does play a part, but I'm just going to sort of relay an interaction that I had and some observations I had from it. And we'll just see where that leads. Um, but, uh, recently I, uh, I had some people over at my house to discuss, um, some reading we were doing and we, we were talking and it, it, led into a discussion, um, they, they got a little bit heated and it was, um, sort of convictions based. It was, uh, talking about under what situations one would do something. And it was interesting, uh, cause we ended up having, uh, essentially a, a two force split where the majority of the group held itself one way and there was an obvious majority and an obvious minority. And that led to the, the person who was offering the non-majority view, which is a, a, a conviction whether um, well thought out or not, something that they were holding dear, and they just felt attacked. Because they would say, This is what I feel, um, and I'm not really sure why I feel it, because I really haven't thought it through. And in response to that, there were several people saying, Well, this is what I think, and this is why I think it. Now, let's make you think through this now so that we can get to a common ground. We can either. Mm. And it added a lot of tension because while that person was saying that, you had someone else saying, you know, I I also agree with this guy's conclusion. Uh, maybe not such a direct form of allegiance, but it was vi- you know there were there were sides forming, and it turned out to be two sides, and uh, you, you ended up with every one statement that uh, this person made that was counter majority opinion, there were three to four majority opinions pushed at her, which really just put it into an emotional situation. It was a very reactive situation. And me being in the facilitator role, I was very consciously looking at just the emotional processes of this. And you could see the the non-majority view holders, they, they were showing some support to one another. You know, there's only two of them, but the, there was a, a significant cutoff. There was just like, after a certain point, there was an unwillingness to sustain the conversation and there were also a couple of quick phrases sentences that were tossed in in a reactive way that were just like i'm done and both sides actually ended up dissatisfied with where the conversation lied I, as the facilitator i really think i should have stepped in earlier when i noticed there was an unequal conversation happening three on one viewpoint to the one on one viewpoint but also um, it was interesting just the, the dissatisfaction that happened as a result because uh, the, the in the words of the person who was really trying to say, I know what I believe. I know why I believe it. And I want you to think through it so that you can come to mind because I really think it's true and I need you to think through it now. The, the counter majority thought was she said, I'm just going to think what I think and you think what you think, and and that's okay. And he felt dismissed by that. And it was said with a tone of finality, like I'm done with this discussion for now, because it was a very emotional situation, you know, people saying what they believe, and a little bit of identity attacking, mm-hmm. but it, it was really interesting to sit through.
0: Wow, this is like a perfect transition into fusion and cutoff, so... There's so many things I want to talk about in that, but I think it's important for us to define fusion and cutoff first. So you want to start out with yeah, cutoff?
1: Yeah, I, I just want to use, I'm going to define yes. cutoff in the midst of what you just talked about. I agree,
0: and I'll talk about fusion too.
1: So let me just be clear. So we have a we have a discussion that takes place in a group of people, and it sounds like there's two different camps of thought on a particular topic and, and correct me if I'm wrong and and so let's say there's ten people in the room there there might be eight people that feel one way and maybe two that feel a different way is that it so far
2: um uh, yeah and, and to be fair there's a couple of people who while they may have made their their sides known they were relatively quiet so of the ten people in the room it was really only a conversation between six of them
1: okay so you had you had some that were kind of driving the discussion and, and I'm curious for Alex to ask you this question in that fable that Zach shared. Did you see more togetherness or more individuality? Uh, I,
0: I don't know if I saw, I
1: feel like I saw equal in some ways. Okay. Did you see you were there? Yeah. Did you sense more togetherness or more individuality in that conversation? Throughout the duration
2: of the conversation, I noticed uh, the the lessening of the nuances as they were defined. So we did end up with almost two sides. So there was togetherness happening there, but I feel as if the differences were what was being emphasized. And so through that, I, I felt the the separateness more than i felt the togetherness especially in my facilitator role and wanting everyone to just be at
1: peace with one another does that not get it so the idea of the role of being at peace with one another does that illustrate this notion of togetherness of more harmony in the group that this that that the disharmony in the group caused the leader of the mm. group to want to Restore harmony? Did you sense that? Yeah, as that certainly.
2: Uh, in the facilitator role, I was uh, distinctly trying to uh, minimize the emotional reactions, detoxify some of the language that was being used, and also make sure to restate points so that people felt equally um, vocalized and heard.
0: Interesting. Well, it seems like, and I feel like you're a little no crumbs here that John is tossing along the way. These, why we're talking about cutoff and fusion together is because they are reciprocal. So within the story, as you have more anxiety, there's going to be a drive for togetherness, which causes fusion. And the outcomes of those fusion usually leads to lots of binary thinking. Um, in addition to something also called hurting where you have two different sides, um, there's a loss of self and so you lose your individuality and now you're part of this group. Those are some major indicators of fusion. On the opposite side, you're going to have cutoff.
1: Yeah, you have cutoff on the other side and and cutoff is just an extreme form of individuality. So for those that listened to the podcast before, you might remember Dr. Bowen, Murray Bowen talked about the fundamental tension in every human relationship is between individuality and togetherness. So togetherness to an extreme becomes fusion and Individuality to an extreme becomes cut off. So as anxiety rises, as Alex mentioned, you start to see this push towards togetherness, and oftentimes at the sacrifice of individuality. Mm. And sometimes what can happen in a group, and it sounds like and I don't, want, I wasn't there, so I don't want to speak for it, but oftentimes in systems, what happens is as anxiety rises, there's this notion, Alex, you mentioned the idea of hurting, that to be a good, blank. I think this was a Christian group that you're maybe part of, but to be a you, know, you fill in the blank, this is how you need to think, and one stands apart from that, the group feels threatened by a person that, that individuates himself for good reasons or unthoughtful reasons, doesn't matter. It's the idea of telling others how to think. I, I was seeing that in that particular case study.
0: Almost definitely. I mean, I was thinking of it in a way, so now that we know the definition of fused and, and um, cutoff, We'll, we'll travel over into how we see this played out and we're going to use this fable and other discussions within different systems. So, uh, we're transitioning to a question of how do we see it? Where do we see it? And so within the example that you gave, it seemed like to me, there's, there's different things you can be fused to, but within that example, it was almost like fused to an outcome. I'm fused to this position and thus I'm cutting off from any other position. Is that way that you saw it too?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can use that example here that becoming so fused to an outcome, if you get a chance to listen to our podcast on failure, we were tossing this around before the podcast started, but when you're fused to an outcome and the outcome doesn't happen, you then decide that was a failure. Uh, and so one is fused to an outcome and um, and and sometimes then distances themselves from maybe even their own responsibility for that. Um, so it is reciprocal two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm.
2: And, And one thing I will say is I had a conversation the next day with one of the members and we were talking about how it was interesting to note how after a certain degree, there was indications of this idea of I'm not going to be influenced by you anymore to that was punctuated by the quote unquote dismissive, um, Final comment, you think what you think, and I'll think what I think, and that should be okay. Um, that, That punctuated cutoff was predated by indications of, like, I'm being less and less influenced by you because of your fusion to this idea that I have obvious emotional reactivity to the idea. This wasn't a Facebook conversation, right? No, no, no. Okay. I, I can see how you would be surprised.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, this is what we see a, a lot now within our societal system. And, and we talk about systems overall. Um, our country, so in the US, anxiety has risen and we've seen a lot of togetherness, especially. And we see this in hurting, especially within these Facebook discussions or there's so many different things that we can see, um even from our own president he'll divide the lines and and clearly mark the binary thinking of you're for or against, and there's no spectrum spectrum <laughs> um, which is which I find quite interesting um but it looks like John has some yeah, some thoughts
1: uh, just thinking through what you just said about in a, in a country and This notion of you're either for me or against me on my side or not on my side. So that indicates fusion togetherness but people resist that and so they then flee or they they cut off from we we talked about doing this podcast separately of doing fusion and then the next podcast cut off and we debated back and forth but what we're seeing is there is so listeners at home think about this who are you too close to Or what are you too close to? And then there's going to be a reciprocal person or habit where you're equally distant from. And, And I'll use an example. So in my leadership class, we do case studies where students share different challenges that they had. And we had a recent case study where a student was sharing about a conflict he has with his father and how his father's, They just have a very contentious relationship. And so we had the student draw a genogram where he drew dad and mom and he drew uh, grandparents and, and then aunts and uncles, which would be dad and mom's brothers and sisters. And we just had him do side by side, mom's family tree and dad's family tree. And what we saw in mom's family tree was a number of relationships that were functioning well. Roberta Gilbert uses the term separate, equal and open as a healthy relationship. And so on mom's side, there were more of that. And, and then on dad's side, there was less of that. There was more cutoffs. And so as dad was cut off from some relationships, he became fused to investment in his son's life and constant correction and constant uh, admonishment and reminders and so on and so forth. And uh, the, the, the boy said, I think my dad means well, but he's just so involved in my life that I just can't see to get him to back away. And so cut off from one area and then fused to another. And, and so... I think it's really, really helpful to look at that from a systems viewpoint. And that was a pretty good example.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And it's, and I think we can kind of, I I know this isn't the best way because I'm literally
1: (laughs) doing two sides of the
0: coin as I'm saying this, but it's almost like you can do it with some sort of like outcome fusion and cutoff and then relational, we, it gets real dicey when you start looking at relational fusions and, and cutoffs there. And, and, and John and I have a lot of experience with that just in our own families. But as, as, you, were, as you were talking about like this positional or this, this outcome based you know, fusion and cutoff, um, it, it took me back to, and, and gentlemen, you have to help me out here. and I'm sure it's in other religious realms, but you know our religious background, um, especially in the United States, it's from a Christian background, I would say. And there is it the Beatitudes, or where's the one where you have like the the greatest will be the least, and there's those two different sides of the coins. Why can't I think of what that is?
1: Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, the greatest uh, of you will be the least among my brethren.
0: Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of different ones. You remember like um, blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah, the meek one. The meek shall inherit the earth. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder, in some ways, it's like balancing out between this fusion and this cutoff. You know, what? how can I balance, how can I have my convictions, but then also on the one hand, be open to what other people are going to have to say. And that's the tricky part. And we'll talk more about that in the application piece of this podcast but you can see that if you man, if you're so fused to some sort of conviction, which which does propel your life as your guiding principle, how that can also lead into some cutoff. Which I think that's kind of what you were talking about in some ways, Zach. And I know that I've experienced this in my own life, um, based off of my different convictions, um, that has had other people cut off from me in a relationship. Um, because I think of one way or another way. And that's what we see in Facebook and discussions like that. Um, but we'll get there eventually, but I wanted to bring that out because it just made me think of, you know, you had these two different sides of the coin and eventually we're going to talk about how you navigate those two things. But that's really what it's looking at here with this cutoff and this fusion in a lot of ways. Does that make sense? Zach, you're looking at me. I don't know.
2: I'm just thinking through where we're at in the conversation right now and where we're trying to go. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Well, I mean, overall we talked about positional, right? And I right. think we, we, we've done a pretty good job of talking about positional. Maybe we should go into the relational realm when it comes to cutoff and fusion.
1: I, I was just writing down, um, when you were talking about relational versus, um, outcome. And I, I think for many of us, relationships are the most stressful parts of, of our lives. And, uh, I don't remember where I read it, but the, the idea that the chameleon and the bully are really the same person. So the chameleon is, I'll change for you. I'll change for you. And the bully is, you change for me. And both of those are, one seems nicer than the other one. But both demonstrate this idea of fusion, that I need your approval so much that I'll do whatever I have to do, this excessive accommodation. And if you've ever had someone who just debases themselves in pursuit of you, you mentioned earlier about the girl hanging onto your legs saying, please don't leave me. Mm-hmm. Did you think, boy, that is just so romantic? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking, how can I get unlocked from these arms? Yes, and cut off, mm-hmm. right? and so she was willing i would imagine to do to change herself if you will to be able to to come closer to you and it decided you wanted to move the other direction so that's the idea of chameleon then the bully part is the opposite side where someone tells somebody else how to behave or what you should do both the chameleon and the bully are extremely lonely people and it's because they were so fused and it was so uncomfortable that they split and they have become a separate self, like isolated themselves from the group, and their own anxiety rises as a result of that. Even even though they think that's going to bring them comfort,
2: it results in an inability to maintain a relationship. That's right. Yeah, I I keep coming back to the reactionary the reactionary idea of ultimatums. That is to say, I will maintain my relationship with you if this behavior or this outcome is met, you know, that's almost what you, you had Alex Mm -hmm. is is stay with me. I'll do anything. It's the flip side of that. Um, you do this and I'll stay. Yeah. You know, I need you to be a different person so that I still find you interesting.
1: Yeah. Dr. Bowen talked a lot about our own maturity and we've, we've talked about ourselves about how to be more thoughtful people and, he said that we do more borrowing and trading of self than we ever care to admit. And that's this notion of, I want to be a separate person and mature, but then it's lonely, then we look for another to complete us, then that gets uncomfortable. You talked about the inability to maintain a relationship. And so I separate from that person and maybe fuse to another, and it's just trading dance partners. Mm -hmm. It just makes it
2: so poetic that the on the the fictional scale of differentiation the most differentiated people are maybe a 60 or a 70 on a scale of 100 and the 70s are one in a billion trillion
0: (laughs) so when we look at systems then let's let's kind of take a viewpoint we've looked at your the system you gave us as an example for the fable and we talked a little bit about our country itself you guys see other examples within your family or you've seen in families or you've seen in a workplace and where this is manifested within cutoff infusion
2: i will say that it was an interesting observation at one of my previous jobs uh over a relatively short period of time a year year and a half we saw people leaving the company um, they were in the same department, the same role, and I believe it was likely because of the relationship to the leader of the system. But it was interesting that as those individuals cut themselves off from this leader, but also henceforth that the work system, that the employees actually banded together. Um, and they became fused almost to the deficiencies of the leader Mm -hmm. if that makes sense and so as more people left you know we're only talking three to five people in a year and a half which is relatively significant for this size of company but what you saw was the within their own private channels they became more and more vocal about their discontent but also their Alliance together, if I might phrase it that way did they fill in the gaps then where there were deficiencies? In the sense that uh, you you saw leaders in between step up to say, you know let's try and find rational solutions to this let's let's find a way to work together And on that, there was almost an emotional reaction to that from the leader which, validated that fusion of we need to stick together. It's us versus them. It's just this very binary thinking
1: of the system itself. Yeah, that's one of the hallmarks of an anxious system is that idea of, you mentioned herding together and this togetherness. I was thinking of, you know, yes, the question about examples. Um, So I got into leadership training, coaching back in 2014 uh, with Uncle Jim Moyer, who was the uh, co-author of the original Resilient Leadership book. And I remember talking to Jim one time and asking him, you know, Jim, you've coached a lot of people over the years. What's what's a common theme that you see among the people that you coach? And he didn't use the terms this way that we're using on the podcast, but I'll use the terms because that's really what he was saying, is he said, I, I coach a lot of people who are fused to work, and cut off from their families, that they are so focused on their job and it requires long hours. They're fused to outcomes, they're fused to goals, and they work really hard and are they're really successful financially. But they've lost their families and they're they're not sure how to get them back. And that's when you talked earlier about the reciprocity of fusion and cutoff. Fused at work, cut off to to family and I see this continually among students who are fused to habits or fused to their phones and then cut off to real relationships I think it's really important for our listeners to pay attention to again I'll say it again who are you too close to what are you too close to and then the inverse question is where is there too much fusion object goal person and then, within a family, so for my family,
0: uh, my family was more on the fused end of the spectrum um, and within that there's uh, you mentioned a term called hurting um or that togetherness that that one mind of thinking of this is the way we're going to think um, in my family i I can't quite remember uh, I can't quite remember that being it because my my parents did a really good job of allowing me to think the way that, that I felt. But when it came to the emotional end of it, not it, it wasn't necessarily an intellectual end, but an emotional end, it was a fusion of emotional end. So I've had some different hard times in my life. And with that, it was like, these bad things have happened. Now we need to grow even closer together. We need to fuse even more because the opposite end of that would have been cut off and that would have been very hurtful. Now, in doing so, when we did fuse together that caused a, a cutoff of individuality and so and i've discussed this on this podcast and with you gentlemen and other people that i know well is it like that really in, in some ways stunted some self growth um and through Bowen family systems theory and um seeing different mental health people it's really helped me understand this cutoff infusion um and being aware as you've talked about zach too um it's been really helpful but when I look at it and I think about that, that cutoff and fusion, um, especially in my own family, the fusion portion of it, there's a couple of different ways to look at it, is to remember that within a family, this, is, this could be a generational term. So there's probably something to be said that wherever my parents came from may have also been within a fuse system themselves. And so that generation after generation could get more and more fused and the reciprocals also true. And so from a personal standpoint, from my own family, fusion was, was big on that end. And my guess is that my parents also came either one side of it came from a, a fuse, a more of a fused end. And so, um, now, within the book, Roberta Gilbert is discussed too. And then John, I'm sure you'll discuss more about cutoff here. But there's also something to be said within a family that is so fused or so cut off. What ends up happening is is you'll start seeing individual members start flipping and doing the re- reciprocal, even within that family. go. This is so much fused. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to start cutting off. Um, and it just keeps ramping up as generations go on. Unless you have somebody who starts self-awareness starts to deal with their self-differentiation and not so many words of saying those words, but, you know, trying to start to reflect looking at their homeostasis as we talked about last time,
2: gaining some perspective and doing some thinking to determine their actions rather than letting their emotions rule them.
1: Yeah. Doing something different. And we've talked about that a lot. Uh, This is such universal truth that I don't know of anyone who, is is so fused to another person where they've lost themselves that they feel good about the we-ness of it all. <clears throat> you know, Ed Friedman talked about if you want to avoid getting a divorce, separate. And as couples age, sometimes the we pronoun becomes more pronounced and they start thinking as a group or a pair versus as individuals. There's something I think inherently... We just feel, I don't know, for Cyril's probably too strong of a word, but when we lose that self, we there's something about us that, that pushes back against that. But at the same time, if we're not speaking to any family any family members at all, there's something about us that says something's wrong. I don't know, it seems to be wired in us if we go too extreme, one extreme or the other.
0: Well, and we see this as, as we mature as people. So... John and I deal with these types of folks all the time is maybe not so much. It seems to happen more in middle school, but it definitely happens in high school, too, is this identification of self. And so if you're trying to identify yourself and become an individual, especially as as you mature, puberty, all that, you can see that tension just rising, you know, like we could all sit here and I can think of things that I did on purpose against what my parents wanted just because I wanted to do something different. Did it work out? No, but I needed to do that um, to separate and become more individual on that. It's almost like a form of cutoff in some ways of now I'm doing this my the way that I feel best fits, even even though I know in some ways it isn't <laughs> it isn't necessarily the best direction to go into.
1: Yeah, I was talking to a student recently in my leadership class, and he was telling telling our table about conflict he had with mom and how, so when he was small, he was a compliant child and then he starts to emerge and try to become a different person and more have have more agency and how there was pushback from mom led to a lot of conflict. And, and so he, you know, his immature response he said was to just go into his room, slam the door, lock the door and not come out. And so too much fusion, mom doing too much thinking for him as he starts to grow a self, senses that tension of togetherness and then just cuts off, if you will, at least for the night. And and so now what he's trying to think through is how to be more thoughtful with that, how to express and use I statements with mom and then be able to come up with almost like where him and mom become the insiders of a triangle and the problem, the challenge that they're disagreeing about becomes the outsider and the two of them look at that challenge and say how can we come to an agreement of some kind where they're both communicating self but they're also part of a group and that's really the I think the important balance. This conversation ultimately comes down to
2: the idea of finding a way to bring yourself away from the extremes away from binary thinking away from whatever that might be, so that you can become the inside points of a triangle against the solution that leads to creative thinking, that leads to finding alternative solutions that might not have been considered before, to form a healthy, appropriate togetherness and separateness on this spectrum. Because what we're seeing here, I I don't know if we've made this super clear, but these are the extremes. Cut off is the extreme of separateness, and fusion is the extreme
0: of togetherness mm-hmm. and they're not supposed to be natural states. Yeah, but we tend to go there quite quickly and <clears throat> the um the the self-differentiatedness, which is terrible, but like if you're less self-differentiated and that system is that way, it's going to lead closer and more often to these extremes. The more self-differentiated, the less those extremes happen. But can those extremes be met? Yes, with higher anxiety, they can definitely be met.
1: When you say be met, what does that mean? Happen. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, 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 I'm doing some, as I mentioned, do some coaching on the side, and um, I'm working with a particular individual who is part of a family business, and the, the leader of that family business has been away for some time, but they've actually reemerged Uh, They're a person near retirement. When they come into the family business, they tend to cause more problems than solve. And it just puts everybody on edge. And even thoughtful people start to lose it a little bit. And I think that's exactly what you're saying.
0: Almost like nodal events, too, can make differences. So like birth, death, those things, those acute anxiety happenings can easily lead into this fusion cutoff, especially at that time. So, well, you guys already started... You know tiptoeing around the different what can we do with this cutoff infusion as leaders what are we supposed to do with it so let's talk about that
2: first and foremost is just recognizing it as an extremity when you you see that it's not the way you're supposed to react you know use that as a trigger to say okay let's let's move this out of the emotional realm whether that means i do have to separate myself but let's let's bring in some rational thinking
0: and then you were talking about even go back to your fable and and let's say you're a leader within that position and you see this happening, this togetherness and this fusion. What, what do you, how do you guide that? Because that's what you were trying to do when you're having that discussion. And as leaders, whatever system you're going to be in, you're going to see this happen. So what do you do?
2: Wayne F. Regina has really helped me with that, with his, uh, book on mediation. Also the, the BFST bone family systems theory just this the, the base um, idea that we have more in common than we have separate i think is fundamental to this when when in this mediating facilitating overseeing position just to remind people you know regardless of where your paths split there is this common ground
0: and let's let's start from there not start from our differing identities so does this go back to the what you're talking about with the triangle the two points in the triangle yeah focusing on the the issue at hand and not focusing on each other's stuff is that what you're talking about because it sounds like when you were talking about your fable you're like here's the issue let's talk about the issue and then all of a sudden it turned into well let's talk about the different sides of the issue and how we're on different sides and not the issue itself would yeah, that be true?
2: It, it turned personal into a fusion of identity and belief, mm-hmm. and you had two people arguing against each other's identity and belief mm-hmm. rather than individuals talking about how they felt about an issue.
0: Yeah. So would you even say that they were talking about the issue then?
2: No. Yeah. No, that's that's an interesting thought. because, uh, And I had, if I were to have... Created camps, put them on different sides of the battlefield, and then individually talked to the leaders afterward. What I found was one person was so focused on the issue they forgot the other person. And the other person was so focused on that other person that it wasn't about the issue. And I've heard, I've had conversations with both of them, and one only talks about the issue, not the person. And the other only talks about the person, not the issue. So, would you rather them
0: just talk about the issue and not the person?
2: I'd rather them be able to relate well to one another, regardless of the issue. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm fighting for. <laughs> <laughs> Vote for me. Vote for me, Zach Stahl. <laughs> 2076. February 19th, 2019. Vote for me before you even heard this podcast. <laughs>
1: I think for leaders, we tend to avoid people that we have tension with and we just don't talk to them. And so I think for leaders, that's easy to do. It doesn't matter what system you're part of. So find the people that are most irritating and engage them in conversation, not best friends, not necessarily work related if it's about a work colleague but stop avoiding them because that distance Bowen talks about provides temporary relief but ultimately raises the anxiety inside of both people and I have seen it in a number of people that I talk to and in myself.
0: I'm going to use some floral language here which it almost Mm. as I wrote it down on my paper kind of get a little upchuck in my, my throat but
1: Rhododendron
0: no, yeah, uh-huh, yes, and rhododendron water lilies and, and, and hibiscus as well. Uh, uh-huh. so uh, I think if you can even go back to this fused outcome. so we have this person, John, that man, this person really irritates me, and and I know this in myself. this is what I do, and this is I think what a lot of people do is if I can just find one thing we have in common then I could at least talk to you about those things. You're right. So now we have this thing together and we can be on the same side of whatever this is. So whatever that is, but is there something to be said about this is how about I just be not fused to that outcome, but be more interested in the journey and like wherever we're going to go in this conversation, instead of just being so fused to finding one thing that we have in common because there's people out there that you're not going to have anything in common with. Right. I mean, other than your humanness, or maybe I don't. I don't know. I'm just kind of teasing this out a little bit. But like, don't we struggle very similarly, similarly, similarly to other people? And can't we live together with that? Or and not even struggles, but also living with the joys of the different things that are going on? Instead of being so tight. And look, I'm terrible at this. I'm just, <laughs> just putting that right out there. But like, instead of being so tied to having whatever we have in common, you know, like well. Well, I like browns, so I can talk to you about browns and I can talk to you about the weather because you really like weather and you have all these different identifiers for people, which is great. And I think it helps open up conversations, but it's almost like being open and curious about wherever that conversation is going to go. So that way it's not so based and fused off of some sort of outcome. So even to the most irritating person you can think of, man, if I can just be curious with them and just see where the conversation goes, it doesn't even matter where it's going to go. It's just me taking an effort to be curious with that person is probably going to lead us into a, a really good place, right? It's
2: interesting that you mentioned that as I look at situations that are like the one that I mentioned and that have that similar dynamic where I see those two people who I am, you know, a commonality in my own, but I'd never be in a system with those two people together. And I other situations like that, uh, there's that, that one person that is divisive is focused on an outcome and not on a person. And they do that in all regards to that relationship with the other person in this, this typecasting that I have, because I've seen that on several occasions. And this it leads to the other person feeling like their identity has to be tied to the outcome they're constantly defending. And so I think that's a great response is um, if you find that your conversations turned pointed and into debates or arguments, you know, rather than finding ways to be more persuasive or finding ways to be more to, – to guide them to your outcome – step back and say, well, let me just be curious about them. Let me understand more about them as a person. And regardless of where you get with that outcome, Mm -hmm. I think you will end up being more
0: persuasive. You're driving the anxiety basically out of the conversation. Now we're talking on a very individual one-to-one kind of relationship here, right? Because if, if you, Man, it's hard. I can even think about I can feel the creepies just thinking about how that's a difficult conversation for some individuals that I interact with, right? But it's almost like if you can think that way, the what ifs of what's going to happen out of this conversation are are let go because you have no idea where it's going to go. Like it's really just being like, I don't know where this is going to go, but I think it's going to be helpful. So now on the other side of that, going back to I'm leading a group or Something along the lines, and you're seeing this the def- the fusion and cutoff happening within the group. And I know you've discussed this already, but I just want to clarify it because I feel like we've clarified on an individual level, one to one, this curiosity can really loosen up the the cutoff and fusion portion, right? Unless there's any other things that you guys think of specifically what to do with cutoff infusion when it comes to relationships.
2: So to clarify, the question is, what do you do with cutoff infusion
0: in relationships? Only. Just an individual, almost one-to-one relationships when you have those different ones.
2: Maybe this comes down to acute and chronic anxiety. Maybe rather than constantly trying to deal with the chronic anxiety of this divisive issue or th- whatever is causing the fusion or cutoff, have that little bit of acute anxiety and fence that off and say this is something that we're going to set aside for now, um, and I'd appreciate if you respect that so that we can be in relationship
0: with one another. Johnny, have any thoughts when it comes to the individual? Because I, I'm trying to parse it out between this individualness because we all deal with our individual relationships. To we're also talking to leaders who are like just what Zach was talking about. He had this group. How do you deal with the group as opposed to dealing with individual relationships, so on an individual level, how can we be better at of uh, of decreasing the anxiety so we don't get to cut off infusion
1: sure um well i I think without having a whiteboard here and drawing a triangle uh, <laughs> i think if if I can be an insider with someone else and look at an outside issue you mentioned about the browns or something. I think it's even something as simple as so in a in a a boss and employee. Uh, I think you're doing great work. You know, is there something I can do to support you in your classroom or is there something I can do to be helpful to you in your professional career or, and just seeing if they see anything and i think it's kind of opening up that dialogue because what does that person value what do they want and how can i help them achieve that that would be the outside issue on a triangle mm. and and i think even among colleagues uh, so in the teaching profession i'm really struggling with how to teach congress what are your thoughts on how you teach it and maybe i could you know borrow something from you so showing appropriate vulnerability and You know, that's two people on the inside looking at my struggle with Congress on the outside and acting them as a resource. I think those visualizing it as two insiders, I'm going to put myself on the insider with this person and put an outcome that they want to achieve and I want to try to help them or inversely, I'm struggling with something and how could that person be useful to me?
0: It's almost like looking at them as your clients then. So they're driving that, whatever that's going to go to like it's almost like, okay, let me ask you the questions. I'm not going to give you advice. Another podcast we talked about how to give good advice.
2: I think the reduction of all of that is finding a way to invite someone into a conversation that is not emotionally tender for you or them. And that's either because you're showing appropriate vulnerability and inviting into them into something that you are willing to have some level of emotional maturity about or maybe emotional numbness or just the ability to to separate yourself to look at it from a rational perspective. Because the inverse doesn't work. I was thinking about that. People have a tendency to say, let me help you solve your problem. And that doesn't work because you've just inserted yourself, even though your intention is to be that inside sider, let me help you solve your problem, you've just... Put yourself into a situation where they might be emotionally vulnerable or reactive, and that's that's offensive to that person. It's, it's, it can be seen as an attack, and it can cause emotional reactivity.
0: Mm-hmm. Which then, just to clarify, cutoff and fusion, right? So the fusion would be we have to agree. Yeah. This is the outcome. We have to be here. The cutoff portion is we, we can't agree at all, so we're going to cut off from this relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think on an individual level, well, I think we've answered that question. Then if you are in charge of a group and you're watching the group, how do you help, not control, what am I trying to say? F- mm.
2: How do you prevent emotions from running rampant it's and to causing causing
1: reactive cutoff? behavior, specifically fusion and cutoff? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned in the last podcast of managing yourself in the midst of that. And sometimes just take a break. You know, it's not the time to have this conversation. Let's get back to it. But, um, I think it's managing yourself in the midst of that reactive situation. I think we talk
2: about the concept of defusing things a lot, and that comes from setting good expectations, especially in a group setting, uh, reminding people of why they're there, you know, in Wayne F. Regina's mediation, it's tough because you have two parties that are coming together for something that might be mutually exclusive, right? That there might not actually be a resolution for. But in most cases, you have something there that everyone is trying to achieve. In my case, it was a discussion about issues and topics that ultimately clarify and sharpen one another's perspectives. And the way that I approached that was, uh, you know, in hindsight could have been better. I think I did an okay job, but it's, uh, just reminding people, Hey, we're here not to end up on the same point and not to solely talk about this topic, but to gather insight and perspective. And there's a point after which we need to process those things and so to remind them of hey there's more to this group than just this one issue
0: and then how do you how do you get your group to be better at that we just talked about individual interactions and as a leader having those inter individual individual interactions to decrease the the fusion and cutoff between just the individual relationships can really go a long way to when you have to lead that group because they'll see you as a different person and they will know because you have managed yourself well the anxiety will be lower hopefully decreasing the likelihood of having a cutoff fusion reaction before you. And that's, I mean, you even mentioned that in your fable a little bit afterwards, you wanted to talk to people and build those relationships.
2: And it's also interesting. I don't know how this pertains and I don't want this to be like a, a shout out to me, but people, people took notice that I was detoxifying language and that I was, uh, preventing the emotional tides from taking control of the conversation and, on. An instance at the end of that conversation, someone said, hey, we have a facilitator in this group, and I just realized now that's what we don't have in the other group. And so in that other group, it's unsafe to say things like what we're saying now because there's no one to make sure to protect us per se. There's no um, ability to be safely vulnerable because it just goes out of control. And then um, – the next day, I actually got uh, – uh, someone in that group called me and they said a, a similar thing and invited me to another instance where they were expecting that. So I just thought that, that was ironic because that's not what I had taken away from the conversation, especially after my conversation with the two leaders of those two camps did not at all pertain anything other than for one person a conversation of the outcome and for the other – a conversation about the person
0: sounds like Wayne Efregino has really had a lot.
1: He's impacted you in great yeah, ways.
2: Yeah, top top, uh, top five, ten influences. You know, somewhere past Zach Braff and uh, I don't know who else. Zach Braff <laughs> is my main influence.
0: <laughs> All right, so I think we can wrap this up, right, gentlemen? So we talked about fusion and cutoff. Um, Both on the extreme ends of the spectrum, um, both caused by high levels of anxiety, usually have lower self-differentiation, will lead you to these things um, in different opposite sides of the coin. We see them all over in the systems. We talked a lot about Zach's system when he talked about his fable, but then even familial systems, all those things. It is everywhere all the time, and the big thing to do is recognizing it Working on yourself and then building up those relationships with people, those seems to be the, the areas that, that will really help you within this this discussion of of fusion and cutoff. So with that, I think we need to wrap this bad boy up, A little bow on it. So, um, where can you find this podcast?
2: You can find this podcast on the Facebook, the YouTube, the iTunes, the Google Play, um, Simplecast, the Simplecast. Mm-hmm. You can email us. You can email us at ofleadership at gmail hmm.
0: And simple, awesome shout out to who?
1: Jeff 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 H- Jesse hust Jesse <laughs> Huffstettler. I yes. say Jeffy Hustettler. Uh-huh. Jess- Jeffy Hustettler, yeah. Jesse Huffstetler for yes. the for the sick beats <laughs> that would be great music ensembles (laughs) he is known as jetler on
0: spotify you can check him out there and maybe he'll do some sick beats for you yeah Uh he's a great guy say hi to him if you see him yeah so thank you for joining us and with that i am alex i'm john and i'm zach and we'll catch you next time see you around adios